When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged episode 689. Um, Happy Wednesday to everybody that's listening. Um, Before we jump into today's podcast, we're going to talk to, we're going to do a two-parter with Coach Thompson, kind of a basketball interview, look at kind of his journey and and all the things that he's been able to do. Uh, But before we do that, I'd like to give a shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I keep saying there's a reason we own two of them. There's a reason they sponsor my podcast. Um, I believe in the company. I believe in the in the machine it's there's nothing like it go over and check them out mention coach unplugged they'll give you 350 dollars off your next purchase also go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better it is the one-stop shop i don't think there's anything on the market like it i can guarantee i know everybody that kind of runs something like this no one no one's answering the phone like i am no one having one-on-one calls like i am no one's mentoring like i am and i think our resources are as good as anybody so come over and check us out um, before prices increase because like i've said matt and i have been working on the site um, and it's going to be changing soon and prices are going to be increasing so jump in before that it's a great time to do that um, all right let's head off to the podcast i think at the juco level you'll find that you know players still want to shine you know i i don't necessarily like if i bring in a great defender and they're you know, I'm not just going to ask them to be a defender their whole career. I'm going right. to work on their other skills so they yep. can get to the next level. But it's so important for the team to be successful. Part of getting seen is being on a good team. You know, yeah. they're not, you may be a great player, but if we can't win, you're going to get less opportunity to be seen. Right. So that's where starring in your role really comes in. You know, the opportunity part is the reward part is that if you put those first two things together, you know, us as a coaching staff and also as an athletic department and even further as, you know, as an institution are going to provide opportunity, whether, you know, the school obviously and myself, we worked very hard together on career services and stuff like that. But when I talk opportunity, I talk about exposing my players to some of the things in the basketball world that maybe I had the chance to see or people I got to know that maybe they wouldn't have had the chance to, you know, growing up in the city and, 
and not being able to get out and see some of these things. And so we do a ton of things as a team, whether it's NBA games, WNBA games, different speakers, motivational speakers in basketball and women's sports, just in general. And, uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, I have plenty of great stories. Perfect one is one of my better players this past year um, wanted to be a referee and uh, a friend of mine happened to be one of the evaluators for the NBA. And so he's looking for more female officials. So she came down to one of our games and she was in New York to introduce herself after the game and talk hoops with my player and talk about being a referee. So that is the type of opportunity we try to create if you're able to put the effort and attitude parts together. Right. I, I mean, I think that's a, I mean, it's that building of, it's building that building relationships outside of. And are, is there anything you're thinking uniquely that you're going to do maybe right now that you're not seeing them in the summer or you're not maybe seeing them in, in the fall are you thinking anything outside that i think that you know we've done obviously we've done the the general team zoom calls and, and you know they've got their workouts that they've got to do at home but i think that you know as we get more instruction on what we are allowed to do and what we aren't allowed to do. I've had a lot of time to put take, I mean, I've gone through this quarantine, you know, I take notes at work, but I, I've gone through four or five binders during this quarantine of notes on different calls and different things with other coaches. So I've been trying to put together, you know, contingency plans on what we're going to do and how we're going to do things, you know, as the situation here, especially in New York. Right. I think that's a great idea. I, I, and I love how simple that is. I mean, it's true. This is a life lesson value. Effort plus attitude equals opportunity. Think about your coaching career that we just talked about. I mean, that's that's it right there. Yeah. And so just to kind of go back to, I talked to you about the hashtags a little bit. You know, I think when you're building a program, and I'll come back to this in a second. I think when you're building a program, it's extremely important to have your kids, your players, you know, have some ownership for the culture and, and have, you know, have a say in what you do. And I was lucky enough to, I know I had mentioned Coach Gately, Coach Jessica Minetti at Sacred Heart. I was lucky enough to learn and see them build their programs, you know, over periods of time. And the ownership part is important. So just before I hop back to what our hashtag means as a program, I'm just going to show you this uh, this document. Uh, let me see if I can bring it up. You're much better than as coaches doing this, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna confess that I have a tab issue on most browsers. So if coach only has two tabs open on the top. I have usually like fifty because <laughs> usually I'm usually I'm more usually I'm doing eighteen different things at one time. That's what coaches do. But. I know on these Zoom calls, I'm trying to be able to keep up with the amount of things that people want to share and, and what we've got to do. But I I do have it here. Um, do you have a favorite restaurant in the Bronx as we're doing this? when i come visit oh, wow dominic's is um dominic's in like the little italy you know that kind of area that is uh that's one of my favorites you know, usually when i go to boston i had a friend tell me this when i went to when i go to boston i always ask the the beat cops where they eat and it's like i always ask them and they, they they've always sent me good spots like where, where would you guys go because usually people don't go up and talk to them and it's like i just tell them hey i'm a tourist where would you eat and they go well <laughs> go down this at go down there here make a left go down to that like you know there's only four seats in the whole italian rest this was in, in little italy in boston it was like go down this and it's like, it was the best oh my god it was so good you gotta ask you know the cops will at least be yeah i mean the, the spots that we I, we have some spanish spots and different little spots that we like to go to as a team where they know us they prepare for us we call them ahead let them know we're on our way over after a game but right we're right in the middle of the bronx so we'll just you know if we have a coaches meeting we'll just hop over to one of the local spots yeah. but uh here so let me share this with you so 
going back to what I was talking about, I like to get have them take ownership of stuff. And this is something I learned. I think I, you know, I pretty much stole this from Coach Gailey. But great idea, but make sure that she gets the credit, obviously. So this is what we call DNA of the Express, which is who are we and, and what do we do? And um, it's an NCAA bracket that's completely blank. And what we'll okay. do is we will take that bracket and we will use all these words here that you see, put them in all the different positions in the bracket. So there's things like get better every day, mental toughness, sense of urgency, the little things. And who, and who for, so let me ask a question. Who can, so it's a, it's a bracket of 64 for the people that are listening, but, and he has a big long list on a piece, piece of paper. Where did you, did you come up with this list? Did the players come up with this list? How did this list like energy and vocal and discipline and yada, yada, yada come so this list has been like passed down i've gotten it from other coaches who started okay. it and then i I've, okay. I've taken off a bunch of it and hat and added some slogans and different okay. things that okay. i thought were interesting so okay. basically what you do is you put the 64 word into a bracket into an ncaa bracket and you allow your team to vote each word against each other until you get to the final four and then the championship and then we take the champion and the runner-up and determine which our slogan is it's going to go on our jersey and what's our you know in-house slogan so basically what it brings you back to is here where we started which is our you know our champion and our slogan is start unknown finish unforgettable and the girls decided on that because they believed that maybe they were overlooked in high school maybe they wanted to create something together you know a bunch of kids that don't know each other except from having played against each other and so that was really first half of the season was all about being unknown and then right. the second half of the season when we were you know we've gone into break we had won eight in a row going into the second half of the year with a tough schedule we used to preach finishing unforgettable this is right. now you you've accomplished part one and now you got to accomplish part two and then the other thing is win the day which i'm sure so many people use and i'm not unique to that but the meaning for win the day for our program is a lot different and we track wins and i don't mean just on our schedule you know we had we were 19 wins this year that's 19 wins but we track the wins throughout the day on a chart if a kid gets an a that's a win for them if a kid you know maybe who struggles to be on time for class is able to be on class in class two three days in a row on time or early that's a win if someone who struggles with a drill does it perfectly that's a win if someone can you know catches a you know a, a bad attitude but can correct themselves without needing to be corrected that's a win so we keep track of the wins that we get little ones and right. then you look at it and you know for us overall did we have more wins or more losses on that day and that really determines whether we won the day or not our okay. goal is to find a way no matter how hard we have to grind to win enough time during the day that overall it's a, it's a big victory so you go back to the go back to the bracket do you how do you do the do you do it in a team meeting and sit and do the whole bracket in one sitting yeah so usually we we have a team meeting in the preseason where we'll kind of talk it through you know some of the some of the time depending on which words are matched up with others it'll be heavily debated and we got to go to a vote and sometimes it's a unanimous like let's and move you put do you put do you do you oh, i'm a stats teacher do you randomly put the words in or do you yeah okay i just I just write them down in there and then uh, okay. we put it up on the board. And you know, I think we're going to do this on the Zoom call probably at the beginning of June because we're going to have to get our off-season, you know, language started. And then that, that's well, this isn't a bad. This is actually a good thing to do in a Zoom, in my opinion. This is not like this might actually even be easier because you're all going to be in little squares and you can see it and you can talk. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, no, not at all. I love that. So, so that's kind of just like how we start the program culturally. And before I show you kind of some of the stuff we do on the course 
court, you know, one of the things that I learned as a coach, and I think that any young coach or even, you know, anyone in the business, whether you're an assistant or a head coach, is the language of how you communicate with your players needs to be uniform across the board from your head coach all the way through your entire staff, you know, all the way down to maybe a volunteer or a manager or whoever's involved at court. So, you know, we say for us, strong side. Some people say ball side. For us, it's strong side. And right. home ice, so there's not a lot of questions right. where if I'm referring to ball side, right. we call it the strong side. We talk about the slot. We talk about the short corner. You know, all the language we have a pre in our preseason coaches retreat, we talk a lot about what the terminology that I feel comfortable using and what I obviously want to hear what they use. And then we, you know, we make sure that our key talking points, you know, we give them like a little glossary in their playbook so they can refer back to it if they are confused after practice. But, you know, in the early part of the season, we emphasize the terminology that we're going to be using. I think two, I think, I think a couple of things. First of all, because you only have them for the short period, those things matter and words matter. Like words matter in life, words matter on the court. And I think, I think that's a great point you're making. And that's even for a high school coach. I may only have them for a year. And then I got to give them to the varsity coach for a couple of years or something like that. I think that's really important for young coaches that words matter. You just have to, you have to come up with uniform are you talking ball side strong side are you talking help line you know what do you how do you how do you refer to things on the court is i think are really important and off the court too i think that's yeah great. and i think that you know you got to think about it like there's a couple things that i need to be able to relay to them about how are we going to handle ball screens hedge double or you know stuff like that right. how are we going to handle hit the slot whatever you want to do and think about it as if you have a 30 second timeout no 30 second timeout unless you're on national television is actually a 30 second timeout it's more like a 15 second timeout with the refs asking you to get out of the timeout 15 seconds in right so if you have about 15 to 20 seconds to bring your kids in and say i need you to do x y and z and they turn to an assistant and, and say did coach you want to make sure that your language everyone is understanding exactly what you're saying and if they ask anybody else that player won't say oh he says strong side and then the other player's like wait is that ball side it's very clear and concise so everything that we do try not to over talk try to be you know precise in how we communicate to them and they don't understand i'd rather reiterate the terminology get away from it just to move on so right. I think it's really important. I think that's great. I think that's so, a great takeaway. So once we kind of have that in order, you know, what our, who we are, our identity and everything like that, you know, then we kind of move into, you know, beginning of the season practice and practice throughout the year. So I brought a couple practice plans and drills that oh, I can show everybody. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Just before I go into the practice drills, you know, one of the things that I, someone asked me, it's actually during this time and it's funny because I was I was glad I was able to say yes to the question. They asked me, coach, you know, if you were to have to have an emergency and miss the first 15 minutes of practice, would your players know what they're supposed to do? There wasn't supervision or if, God forbid, but or if their the assistant was there but didn't know, like, would they know what to do? Do they know your culture? And also, do they know your system? So I'll bring up a, a practice plan that I can show you yeah, guys. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then I can so, walk so, you through it. As you're doing that, I'm going to ask you a question as you're doing that. When do you practice plan? So I usually practice plan, like, going into the season, I usually get my first, like, two or three practices, and then everything is, you know, that night after I have have a chance to watch film of practice and um you know i've had a chance to review everything then i'll kind of that evening put something into place and then review it in the morning but i don't plan too far ahead just because you know so many things can change in a practice that i could have a great idea and i like to be able to be you know fluid and, and work on different things so I get that. And what, what do you think the one of the more important things in practice is? So I think at the junior college level, the two most important things in practice are, 
you know, skill development, making sure that we improve on our skills because, you know, I could teach offense all day, but the ability to actually get out there and play the game, you got to be able to fit in anybody's system if you're trying to go to the next level. So skill development is extremely, and then also I think it's very important communication. That's got to be instilled in these kids from day one. And I think any coach at any level will tell you whether they're the pros or whether, you know, they're high school, that best teams win because they communicate and it's on the offensive end and on the defensive end. So we are so focused on, you know, I tell my kids, and maybe I'm wrong for this, but this is just my style of coaching. But I tell my kids all the time, if you don't know what to say, just yell. So if you forget in the moment, you're supposed to say ball, 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 ball. Just yell something else. Right. Yell whatever in your head. And I've had a kid run out on the ball and be like, help, help, help. And that is not a good idea. If you want to run out on the ball and you're not screaming ball, but you're like, got it, got it, got it. Then scream, got it, got it, got it. Right. Because at least we're constantly. My so- college coach always had me call ball. I love that. I love calling because then everyone knows who's guarding the ball, which is relatively important defensively yeah so but, I, uh, I, you, know. you know in transition and and as young players coming into juco they if maybe they come from a system where calling ball wasn't very you know wasn't demanded if you're getting used to it then say anything that indicates to us that you have the ball so that your other players can understand and like i said referring back to terminology is kind of go back to it so okay so you as you pull a, yep as you you pull it up and we'll keep talking um if you could do three things to practice what would you do if you could only do three as you're pulling this up i could only do three three of the things that i already do like three of my I drills, just three i'm just saying i'm i i'm you can only do three things at practice what do you think are the three most important things i'll reword it we're gonna shell drill so defense yeah we're gonna shell drill we're gonna get game like shots up and we're going to run in transition and if i'm sitting at your practice and i just i i've come to watch what would i notice you would probably notice the intense you know the intense demand for communication the intense the intensity on defense and the emphasis on rebounding and outletting the ball and pitch ahead and getting going you know trying to get up um, up the floor before the defense has a chance to set that we have a lot of emphasis on getting into our stuff quickly and and but also under control and then i think what you'd also see is you know i'm i get very into practice that's my you know that's my safe place i get to you know, right. be me and i i love you know the environment so there's there's a lot of i don't know if the word's entertainment but there's a lot of, of quality conversations and stuff and pumping each other up where i think that we you know we do a great job of creating both a very competitive you, environment but an enjoyable one do you have any hints on on transitions between things because i always find that's a difficult thing for younger coaches the transition from a to Actually, it's funny. There's there's a few ways, you know, you can do it. You know, for us, usually our transition, we do everything with a clock going at all times. They understand that as soon as the drill's over, if we say, you know, you got a chance to get water, that clock's going. So they pretty much are operating on a time-controlled system. So there's not, it doesn't take us a lot to transition. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. A couple things you could do to help us out over at Coach Unplugged. First is you could go over and subscribe and like. We would really appreciate that. That really does help us a lot. Also, you could go over and check out teachhoops.com. You could make a commitment in your coaching. You could say, I'm going to become a better coach. I am going to sign up for six months. I'm going to sign up for a year. I'm going to join this community. Not only does it have resources, not only does it have other coaches, not only does it have a community, it has Coach Collins, who has been successful at every level. I am going to go make that commitment to become a better coach. Go over and check it out. At the time of this, there's a 14-day free trial. I'm not sure that will be the case in perpetuity but for right now it is so go over and check it out all right let's get back to the podcast okay but usually before we end every drill will someone will have to hit a free throw otherwise we'll 
get up and down the floor or we'll do some sort of calisthenics or something like that. Try to break everything on a free throw, but a, but an intense free throw where there's Phil Martelli said over the quarantine, he was talking about not using the word punishment. And I agree with Phil on that. And then, so we use the word consequence, you know, so that there's a consequence. And again, you hate losing and you hate missing. So that focus is still there. Yeah. Pull this up. Let's look at, so I'll walk you through some of the, some of okay. these drills. Um, this is, you know, I'll show you one or two practice plans. Obviously this is one of them early, early on in the season. So you'll see, you know, we have our form shooting, which is something that is a non-negotiable every day, five minute shooting and Iowa speed layups and four line transition. That first three drills of practice are, are every practice transition okay. may slide down the road that may slide depending on if it's a day after the game or something. But I can promise you that you are asked my kids, how we're going to start practice five minute shooting and Iowa speed layups. And I'll, I'll show you what they both are. For me, the most important thing is in, in our practices that the first two drills include a massive amount of communication and that they're high energy close to being a live drill as possible, which is why we have our four line transition. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell, and I'll just stop for a second for the young coaches listening. It's some, for someone that's taught 30 years in a classroom, how you start your first five minutes of your class matter. How you start your first five minutes of your practice matter because it's going to set the tone for the next hour and a half, two hours. And that's what I think coach was getting at is like he's setting tone early. It's easier to dial back than to dial up. From, yeah. from an old dog is basically what I'm telling you. Yeah. And I would agree with you hundred percent. And we do these things because those are part of, you know, the demands that we ask of them. So we do them at a fast pace so that when we get into the second half of practice, they've been going, I'd rather have them slowing down towards the, the third part of our practice to, you know, slow down while we go through our scout real quick and then amp it back up to finish practice. So, you know, obviously practice plans for us change, whether we got to travel the next day, home game, day off, whatever it may be. So, you know, this is just kind of a look, you know, we'll go through, you know, our basics, get through transition straight into about 20 minutes of defense. You know, early on in the season, we're teaching our, you know, our zone man half court. You know, I like to teach in segments of 20, you know, maybe 25 minutes max. If you're going over scout or zone or offense, I think after 20 minutes, me as a young coach, I've never been with a coach who stays on topic for more than 20 minutes. You know, a lot of our, my drills are maxed out at 12 minutes, but um, you know, when it comes to like teaching zone, man, that kind of stuff and walking through, I would say between 16 and 20 minutes is usually where we max out. And then, um, it's an, so yeah, so let me, it's an attention thing too. I'm telling you. And I think, you know, maintaining that competitive edge through a full practice at the college level is, is difficult. And if you can replicate it at any level, it's amazing. So you've got to kind of find a balance of competitive drills, skill work, and then the right time to teach things where they're not too tired to learn, but they need that opportunity to catch their breath and they can focus on you. So tell me about the, tell me, so people that are listening, he, he, he's opening up something that says, this is a website. It looks like practice planner live. So tell me about practice planner live. I've not heard about this. So I guess they're going to get a a free promo. They are going to get a free promo, but I'm always, I mean, I'm just about trying to help people. So whatever, if it's good, it's good. If it's, yeah, it's fantastic. So you can get a free trial, but we, I, I think it costs us like 150 bucks or something okay. to have it for the uh, for the full year. It's, so it's the math teacher. It's the math teacher that sees the pie chart that starts freaking out. Like there's a pie chart that basically says you know how much you're working on each specific thing, right? Offense defense shooting yeah so yeah what you can do is i'll kind of walk you through it for especially for those who are going to watch it so what it does is as you input your drills over the first couple practices it asks you to categorize them and say once you do that you can start to type in a drill and it'll just pop up so 
I'll go, I'll actually create a plan after I show it so you can see okay. it. But when you're done with the plan, it'll tell you how much percentage of time you've allocated to, you know, different things, whether it's, so you categorized your shooting drills under shooting. So, you know, it'll show me that when it came to, you know, how much time do we spend? We spend 27% of our time on shooting and practice. Yay, Yay for you. Uh, that is a piece of the pie that I, I, and I'm a former shooter and there's a shooter that lives in my house. And I always, that is something I battle with is finding time for shooting. Great, in my opinion. <laughs> I appreciate it. And, yeah. and you can see like some of these other drills fit in and then like some of our, uh, there's some specifics that we focus on like okay. layups. You know, and and how does it how does it hold the drills? Does it just give the the drill a name, or does it hold like a? So you input it. So I'll show you actually. Okay. You I'll I'll run a quick demo. Okay. Um. So you just would go to create plan. You kind of enter your practice plan name and yep. your quote of the day, your emphasis, any announcements, the length of time. So let's just put in a, a one hour practice real okay. quick. Start time at one p.m. We'll put in a one hour practice. Um, so that people can see. And then what you would do is, you know, I put in a ton of drills. So it just, every time you put in a drill, it saves it. So if I'm going to start my practice with ball handling skills, I'm just going to drop down the menu, click ball handling skills, change, put the category as ball handling, which is, which pops up. And um, then it'll tell you, you have 40 minutes remaining because right now it's entered in as 20. So I'll just put it in as, you know, five minutes of that. Okay. And then click more lines. So great. So then we'll so do. Then they know that you know the drill though. They're not going to give you a diagram of the drill or anything like that. They're so you can add diagrams. And we, when I add new things to practice, you can click over here to the media section and you can, uh, you can add pictures of your drills. If you, if it's a new drill for you as a coach, or if it's a new drill for your okay. staff, you can put okay. the pictures here. It also allows you to um, add practice teams. So we do we do a lot of stuff where we enter practice teams so that you, we know ahead of time who's on which team. And how many girls and are under your roster? We carry 15. And so you, do you go three groups normally or do you go two groups? Uh, most of the time we go two with some subs and uh, depending on you know injuries and managing minutes and stuff like that, things will change whether it's white and blue or starters versus right. you know bench okay. or however. So that's kind of the basically how and it goes you print, this, you print this out then yeah so there's a printed format actually so so let me know, see what yeah. that looks like because i'm a big like i gotta have the paper there because then i write notes on it i tuck it in the back of my like i'm like typical coach guy but it's like and it looks all so wrinkled up. just to kind of here's a sunday practice i'm not sure if this one's as detailed but yes yeah, so here there's some notes in it and you can see i've had the teams written out on it Okay. You know, so it drops down. So when yep. you print it, it comes out as a one pager. Um, and this is what it looks like. So it's practiceplannerlive.com. Um, yeah. um, you get a free trial to mess around with it. Um, and you can use it for like yeah, the first that. month okay. of your season yeah. and then go there. But if anybody does want it, you know, I'm happy to send out the link, you know, yeah. anything I can do. Yeah. So, I mean, so just to kind of talk you through, yeah, you, know, you would ask, like, yeah, talk through some drills. So we'll actually use this because this has our, our fundamental drills that you'll see in a lot of our practices. So five minutes shooting, I'll kind of bring up my whiteboard real quick. Okay. Very basic. You put five minutes on the clock, get two balls every other, pretty much the first five minutes starts on the clock, comes around, guard comes around, gets a pass, makes a layup, then the guard leaves the below the block, gets a pass from the next person, layup, rebound, right. and you continue to do that and the okay. line 
for 30 seconds. Now, when the clock shows four minutes and 30 seconds, the whole line takes a step back, and now it's bank shots from the uh, from the block. They're basically bit. curling. We do this kind of as a warm-up drill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like and then what's different about this is they have to hit a goal, so then it becomes in between the uh, elbow and the block, which we call our mid-range, then we get to our elbow shots, and then we get to our three-pointers. And then when you get to two minutes and 30 seconds, and that's kind of your halfway point, instead of asking them to, you know, move back down the way they came. They've got to then take the whole drill and drag it down to this side of the all at one time. Ooh, I like so then that. they work their way back in from the three-point line, back to elbow, back to mid-range, to bank shot, to layup. And what you'll find is the better teams catch energy only at the end when they see they have 80. And if they make all 20 layups, they can get 100. They'll have that energy early on in the, uh, in the practice, early on in the drill, where the first 30 seconds, they're trying to get 26 made layups in 30 seconds. So How that's many? our five-minute shooting. How many how many you try to get? So our goal at the beginning of the season, we set it at about 110 okay. for us. And okay. this season, I think the highest we got was 128. And you change you, that you change that as you see that they can reach specific goals. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see yourself like our team, we in from the previous coach to myself, like this year we scored significantly more points per game, but you could see it develop over the course of the season in the drill. Like we were hitting 90 to 100 in the first month, and then this becomes so, you know, become such a ritual that you know come december we're making 115 a, a practice which is and we'll and we'll restart it if we have to once or twice just to make sure that we get good reps out of it but we always say the same thing sprint to the spot take your time on the shot sprint to your spot take your time on this on the shot well, I love that's that. our <laughs> that's our emphasis on uh, on that so then to kind of walk you through one of the tougher drills that we do um, which is our, I stole it from coach Mitch Oliver at Albertus, the men's coach. Um, so this is called, um, we call it Albertus transition. If that's where I stole it. So your yellow group over here, you take a group of five and those are your offensive team and you stick them at the half court and you as a coach stand on the sideline with a ball Then you take your defensive team in blue them across the foul line extended and you put eight seconds on your on your clock when I hit the go on the clock or when our manager hits go the eight seconds begin to tick down everybody who's standing on the foul line extended has to run to the baseline as a team touch the opposite baseline with two hands and then come back now it doesn't matter when that eight second expires whenever that eight seconds expires the coach passes the ball to somebody at the half court and they can take off and transition regardless of where their defenders are in the sprint back to the cross half and what you'll find is first time you do the drill everybody will sprint down and you know halfway down the court on their way back up they see they got three seconds so they'll start yelling out oh i, I got i got so-and-so i i got her I got her. That never works once you've done the drill three or four times because you're exhausted. So two girls might be getting back and need to pick up different people. So what I've learned is, you know, so we they talk, we talk to them about because they got to move because they're going from free throw line to the other baseline and then trying to get to the half court. So they're going, you know, over full length. of. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it has a lot of intensity to move. it, but if it forces yeah. them to talk about like pick up ball first. You know, one of the things actually that I, I was lucky enough, we were talking about it yesterday and I'm sure that I'm going to use it now is the Milwaukee Bucks do this thing called find most dangerous, which is what they call FMD. FMD. So who is that person? So once you pick up the ball, your next job is to pick, you know, you know, pick up your find most dangerous. So who's the most dangerous player on the floor that's not guarded. And then for us, obviously, you know, most coaches will say, you know, last person back, go pick up something on the weak side. So that you cover the ball. You can cover it. If the and ball the, I think for high school coaches or youth coaches, that's probably even bigger because, you know, in the NBA, there's more that are dangerous. As you move down, it's like stop ball and then find their find their guy or gal. Like, 
there's usually one on the court that's going to kill you. Yeah, I love that. So those are like two of the drills that are staples of what we do because I kind of talked about transition defense and offense and I talked about shooting. You know, I have a ton of other drills. The other one that I brought to share with you was, um, so we like to do a lot of live situational stuff early on in the season. Okay. um, I I brought four examples. I'm going to bring them up. These are what okay. we call, and I'll I'll walk you through them. These are what we call our, our live cards. So there's a stack of index cards on the table every practice, um, and every there's about 100 of them. And every index card has a different situation written on it. Time remaining, quarter, timeouts, fouls. My stack's about, this, of, my stack's about this big. It's crazy. I don't want to know what's in the stack, too. Yeah. <laughs> so we take that, and we at the end of practice, depending on how much time we dedicate to live scenarios outside of our regular live work i'll say to one of the players please pick a live they'll pick it and they'll read it out so for this one you have blue team 61 white score 60 there's one minute left in the one minute 30 left in the fourth quarter you know white's down one they got two 30s they're in a man-to-man full court press with one foul to give and they're inbound right. blue who's up one has no timeouts they're in a man-to-man half and they have no fouls to give. and then we put that situation up on the scoreboard and we play it out yeah, we'll do and we'll do all even add to things that coach has on here. We'll 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 talk about um on our cards we actually have who's in foul trouble, who's not in foul trouble. You can make these cards as specific as you want. What I tell and it's fun. I have them I have a bunch that are typed up, but coach coaches has written out minor on index cards because when my kids were little, I was just basically that's what I would just sit there when I was waiting at gymnastics and I would just write out different examples. And that's how, that's how I got my cards. It's like everyone wastes time. Half of us are wasting time watching Netflix. So when you're sitting there, you can make these cards up. You all know different situations, but I love that. Yeah. So we actually, so you make a great point. And so I just think a different one. So just a more unique card, obviously, because the rest of them are similar to end of games, but this is one that we use situ situationally which is our time remaining and this is second quarter so there's six minutes left in the second quarter and this index card shows that blue is up by 11 with two timeouts man to man they're in the bonus and uh they're pressing in a one two two three quarter while white is down 11 with 130 and a man to man three fouls to give and they've been pressing full court man to man and so we don't sometimes we'll coach but a lot of times we ask the teams to coach themselves through the scenario so we'll tell them if they if you draw this card you know, they'll say to me, well, what are we supposed to do, coach? We're supposed to play three quarters. I want you to cut this game to a four-point game at the end of the second. Right. I want to be within four. doesn't matter to me whether it's 32-28 or it's 42-30, you know, 42-38. Just keep this, get this game to a four-point game in six minutes. So they'll focus on that goal, which will change up a little bit of that whole end-of-game competitive edge versus we've got to have the mentality that we can come back from anything. And we'll be able to refer to this in timeout. Right. We'll be in a game down 12, and I'll say, listen, we have been practicing cutting leads four-minute segments. This is exactly what you need to do now. You've coached yourselves to do it by yourself without my help. Now I'm here to help you. You know, Let's get it done and try and cut this down. So, so that's couple, kind of couple things. You have a blue and a white. Are one of them like your starting group or non-starting group? And Usually white is our starters. Okay, and do you ever have white do stuff that you're not going to normally do? Like let's say you're a man team and they're all of a sudden in a zone i mean are you putting things in your cards that only you do or are you putting that's an interesting question i think a lot of the stuff that you'll see is stuff that we do but we do have cards in there that'll ask them to like get into a three two just because i want to challenge them to try and figure out new things by themselves so there are some cards in there there that'll you know they're in a one two one one which we never run and they're and you know their response will be like what are we supposed to and it's more of just i'm not looking for you to 
be perfect, you know, or as good as you are in some of the other situations. I'm looking for you guys to navigate through this together. Okay. Situationally, maybe, and maybe you'll learn something about your team. Maybe they'll just really play a three-two well together and coach themselves through it. You kind of get to see the more vocal leaders in that process. So, you know, as for drills and and that kind of stuff, that's, you know, that's kind of some of the stuff we do. And I I figured I would bring here to share. I love that. I love that. Um, And then just one last thing we do, uh, do two drills. One, I think everybody does perfect defense, which is we put 30 seconds on the shot clock. Obviously any mistake, not fouls necessarily. It's more, it's someone beats you the lane where you one pass away, you know, the whistles go off very quickly. You've got to legitimately, whatever your principles are as a defensive team, you know, no, no lane penetration, you know, fronting the post, you know, if someone doesn't do that for a split second, you reset the shot clock to 30. And then, um, the other thing we do is we do this. It's a very relaxed, but it's called pressure free throws, where we stick them, we stick the whole team on the free throw line, uh, on the baseline or around the free throw line. And I tell them that you're up five with six free throws to go. And if you make a free throw, it's a plus one. If you miss a free throw, it's minus one. And everybody's got to go through or however many shots I allow them to take. So I'll say tie game, guys. Everybody's got to take two free throws. Tie game. If you lose, we're going up and back. And if right. you make it, go up a point, miss it. That. Now your team is losing. So we do that a lot. And when do you do that in practice? When do you do that in practice? You do it at the end. Do you do it? When do you do that? We'll either. We'll most of the time, to be honest with you, we'll do it towards the end of practice. But we will do it if we're losing focus to regain the team to like lock in and say, "Hey, pressure free throws. Let's go. We're down by five. You know, so, everybody's so, getting two. So shots. that's a good thing. Do you do you have any tidbits for refocusing your team? I love that question. That's a that just popped in my head. I love that. Do you have anything that you specifically yeah, do? Um, we have a couple things that we do to refocus. We um, I give in my practice. I give my captains two timeouts. So they're allowed two timeouts of practice. So if they feel like things are going south before I start to, you know, feel like they are, they can call a timeout. Coaches have to step off the court, their court for 60 seconds or 30 seconds, depending on what they want. And uh, we'll let them talk it over. That's just something I've done to kind of camaraderie. I'm sure it's not original, but I know that it for us. No, I mean, I've started, here's what I've started to do just, and I don't do this every day, but I actually run practice like a game. So we have a pregame, you know, how you have pregame warmup, you have a pregame. They, we play halves in Wisconsin. So I have a first half and I have a halftime where it's more like, what do you do at halftime? More cerebral. You're talking about it. Get a water break. Then we do the second half and then we do post game. And during that practice, which I run like in, in, in the first half, I'll work on stuff that we're, you know, we'll work on offense and defense, whatever. I give them five timeouts. I give three full, yeah, and two thirties, and then they can use them whenever they want. Um, yeah, I love that. And I it, it works. It works. It's like it, it breaks up the monotony of practice a little bit sometimes. Hey, everybody, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.